0: My personal experience across clients, at least in India, is that uh, clients are now comfortable with dealing with multiple, multiple partners. Agencies, yeah. There is always the set of saying, I want to go for the best in class at one level. That was, that's been the thinking so far. And you're also quite familiar with Very people true. going for the best in class. True, yeah. But alongside the best in class, I think today, and again, you touched upon it quite interestingly. They are also the ones who get first to the post.
1: Marketing is dead. Long live marketing. My name is Atul Nath and you're listening to the Control-Alt-Delete Reboot Marketing Podcast. A toolkit podcast for anyone who is looking to connect with tomorrow's customers and build tomorrow's brands. Welcome to the second part of my discussion with Madhukar Sabnavis. We delved into Madhukar's views on how marketing is changing over the years in the first part. And here we're going to talk more about the future of marketing as we see it and the role of marketing agencies. Listen in. You know, you've seen a lot of marketing communication disciplines come up over the years, yeah. whether it was, yeah. uh, you know, it used to be only really <laughs> media, let's Correct. say, advertising Correct. through Correct. mass media. Correct. Um, and then there's, of course, digital, there was um, on-ground activation, right. BTL, yeah. all that, and there's now social media, yes. uh, all of that. So, and along with this, parallelly, you've obviously also seen agencies come up <laughs> Offering these services, yep. Yep. how do you how do you see the role of agencies morphing in the future? The agencies that support because some of the people who listen to our podcast are also agency mm. uh, people, yeah. either working in an agency or running an agency. Uh, so how do you see their role? Uh, you also talked about you know that there is that uh, opportunistic saliency. Mm opportunity that mm. happens all the time so speed has become mm, a ma- massive uh, you know uh, uh, yeah. strength to have as a, as an agency
0: okay if i go back to the model that i uh, spoke about and some model that we use in ogilvy called platform program and pulse, pulse. kind of communication that we do uh, all kinds of uh, com- the communication that we do um, i think uh, you know uh, uh, clients will perhaps look for content across all time horizons. Okay. The opportunity is there for communication partners to create content for all of it. Mm-hmm. Now it will depend upon which organization is able to best deliver all of it. Now it's a little hard for me to at the moment predict will it be one central organization or will they be multiple sure. organizations. Sure. My personal experience across clients, at least in India, is that uh, clients are now comfortable with dealing with multiple mm, partners. Agencies, yeah. There is always the set of saying, I want to go for the best in class at one level. That was, that's been the thinking so far. And you're also quite familiar with Very people true. going for the best in class. True, yeah. But alongside the best in class, I think today, and again, you touched upon it quite interestingly, they are also the ones who get first to the post. Mm. I think clients will also be comfortable with first post. Right. So there is an opportunity mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. So it will depend upon which communication partner will be able to offer what service at what speed. Wow. And here when you talk about communication partners, and we all, all recognize it, it's going beyond the traditional right. agencies. Sure. It could also go into... Uh, media partners doing it, right. the digital partners doing it, mm. they providing mm. content. So we have to accept that there will be a larger ecosystem. You know, mm. there's a larger ecosystem mm-hmm. that will operate in the system, that will provide the services to clients, and clients will avail of it. How communication agencies will evolve to provide some. Or all of the services will depend upon each individual organization's right. DNA mm-hmm. and vision of what they want to do, what they want to do. I'll be little. Um, it'll be facetious to say that it'll be done only by the large ones, right. or it'll all become boutique. Right. I don't think everything will happily coexist. I think it'll happily, happily uh, coexist. If you look at outside communication in any in industry, mm. I think everything tends to coexist. Yeah, yeah. You have large scale retailers, you have mom and pop stores. Atul, yeah. as you said, you know, there was an earlier feeling of best in class. I mm-hmm. think the other bit that you touched upon is that first that post is also going to become yeah. important. And this is something that all of us in the communication business, wanting to be communication partners to clients, need to keep that in mind. Mm. Because I think speed will become also important mm. in the scheme of things
1: how important and and I, I was this was going to be my point later but i'll bring it in mm. here because i think you know impo- how important is measurability mm. you know we we do talked about um, um measurability of mass media or whatever and digital talks about mm. its own set of metrics exactly. um exactly. how reliable they are is mm. questionable um how important is that going to be in the future we also talked about the importance of you know Uh, evangelizing marketing as Mm. a as an investment as Mm. opposed to an expense and Mm. the cfo and the ceo Mm. being on board with that so how important is being able to measure the uh, the marketing spends and what they bring uh, in terms of roi and is that a factor in deciding the nature of marketing or uh, that's a personal belief system that brand builders
0: have no uh, i think measure, <coughs> okay, measure uh, measurability will be will continue to be important mm-hmm. the reality of life is we have been measuring the impact of marketing since the time it opened up at least in india in 1991 Got it. if i was to say today there are b- brand health tracks mm-hmm. that are good mind measures of what marketing is reasonably accurate as accurate can any measurement can be Got it. because exactly. if you have this one single measure, if you want, ultimately people will say sales. yeah, now if sales yeah. is going to be in the measure, that could be it, and that's it. then there's no mm-hmm. more argument. Mm-hmm. you put the input, whether sales come or not, it's fine, doesn't come, it's out. but if you don't want it, otherwise, I think there are measurements that are available in this yeah. sense, but
1: in that sense, attribution becomes an issue as well. Uh, there
0: are measurements of even doing that okay there that is also okay. possible. sure. there are you know the uh, what you call what is it called? forget the minute. test market and the um, right. control market and the stuff A-B like. testing. Yeah, A-B thing. testing. There is the measurement. I think measurement in any form which is not uh, the whole population will always come under question. When I go back, when I went back to saying as a belief system, the belief system operates on the fact that you can't allow only sales to be the measurement. Wherever somebody says, I don't believe sales is the only measure of marketing spends, that immediate sales, let me be careful, immediate sales Mm -hmm. is not the only measure. Mm -hmm. I think that will be the switch point. And that's a point that we need to figure out how to create that system. Otherwise, I think measurement will always be, it is important, it is being done by the industry. The industry has perpetually attempted to measure everything that we've been putting out. Mm -hmm. Whether it is creative, Mm -hmm. whether it is media, whether the efficiency of media, I think there's enough that this industry has done as a whole to try and hold ourselves to measurement. The question is that, A, you can question the measurements mm. because of sample sizes mm. and stuff like that, because you can never do it as a census. That's one side of it. Right. That's always there. There will be a limitation. And then the number of elements that can be measured will also be limited ultimately. So to that extent, we'll have to find a way around it. But asking a question when measurement is going to be important, I think it will continue to be important and it right. can continue to evolve. Right. The way
1: consumers are buying today, and maybe this mm. is a small proportion mm. of the populace at mm. large, but there is um, there are enough number of people, you, you know, consumers who will get onto um, a Google or even an Amazon mm. uh, or a Flipkart, mm. whatever, mm. search for a product and you know mm. brand and then just go ahead and buy mm. it. Um, in so many ways, compared to the um, Ida kind mm. of model that one kind of you know looked mm. at uh, some mm. years ago. Uh, very often, awareness, interest, and that whole thing—the whole process—is happening in one shot. Mm. Um, how how do you see that uh, moving into the future in terms of you know consumers being impacted? That whole product life cycle, uh, the, the consumer life mm. cycle—is it—is it dead? Is it is it uh, going to? How do you kind of approach this situation where consumers are buying so differently
0: mm. compared to earlier? Absolutely. Which is where it's interesting. You uh, highlighted it. There's a lot more rote buying at one level in some categories. Okay. Simply because that whole process is truncated. Mm-hmm. Consumers have experienced brands. They've got comfortable with a brand, and they continue to mm-hmm. use that brand because they don't want to spend their time. So, so is harder. So the task of the marketer is much harder. Mm-hmm. Think about it again. If you take a category like mobiles, how is mm-hmm. mobiles seeming to create excitement even today? Yeah. And. Uh, reshape consumer uh, brand preferences. Okay. It's amazing. If you just think of the last decade, here is a category. I know that in the early 2000s, we said it would be only Nokia and Nokia and Nokia. Mm. I used to work on uh, mobile brands. We always said 70% will be Nokia. We have to fight for the other 30%. This is as recent as 2004, 2005. Nokia has gone. Completely changed. Nokia has gone completely. The market has changed. We would have thought that Apple and Samsung redefined the market. It has got changed again. Absolutely. So I'm giving this as an example to how marketers now, it may be a technology, the opportunity to innovate, the opportunity to bring new products at good prices, not necessarily at lower prices. Lower Mm -hmm. prices doesn't guarantee. Okay. Competitive products at competitive pricing has managed to bring back awareness and interest and desire into the model. So I think the solutions will lie in marketers working harder. So it is tougher, as I said. There's one way of saying that uh, for, you say that there's a benefit for heritage brands who've been there for years, you'll be bought by road. So at one level, you can say, as a new entrant, it's very Mm. difficult Mm. to enter. On the other hand, I can turn around and say that if you have something innovative and fresh to sell, displacing is very, very easy. Very, very easy. Mm-hmm. I know in 2005 and six, people like me, we are technologically challenged. Technology challenged people. We actually felt the first brand that comes into your hand yeah. will be the brand with you forever. It hasn't happened the case with me. I have changed four brands yeah, yeah. in 15 years. I have changed. So a 20-year-old will change we'll six brands without change, a problem. Yeah. So change is possible. So it's a world where consumers are willing to change. Mm-hmm. But consumers are also buying a lot of categories by rote. Mm. So it's a challenge and an opportunity for marketers. Like, so I think, does the idea model still hold? I think it still holds. Yeah. But getting into the awareness and interest is harder. Ah, yes, it is much harder. Right. It's not going to be so easy, especially when, as I said, from the praying consumer to the playing consumer, now you've got to an indifferent consumer who is saying that in many, many categories, I'll just do what I did last time. Mm. And life is simple, we'll go on. Less but involved. Yeah, less involved because categories have got commoditized, brands have got commoditized. Mm. Okay, But the brands that, I I can still say that brands that have built strong affinity over the years hasn't been so easy to get displaced. And you can Mm. look around it, look at the top 100 brands in any uh, strong brand survey, you find that pretty
1: old heritage
0: brands have continued to stay there. Somehow they yeah, enough to examples of displaced, yeah. but there are also enough uh, examples, examples of are them not being strong. Displaced. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely.
1: How important are brands, marketing, communication, in the in the larger scheme of things of life today? Uh, do they really make the world better, or do they encourage wastefulness, uh, desire, unnecessary consumption, etc., etc. Et Human beings have desires.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay and they need their desires to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I honestly think, at one level, marketing enables those desires to be filled, fulfilled. Products are delivered to fulfill at the rational level the human needs, but the emotional desires are actually fulfilled by the, adver- the marketing stories or the advertising stories that sure. we built into it. By fulfilling people's desires, I think marketing is doing a good uh, purpose. It is bringing happiness to people's lives. Mm -hmm. I think we forget that in the name of, in this situation of uh, uh, saying that, is it making people more consumerist? Mm -hmm. Is it making people greedy? I think it's not what marketing is doing. I think it is about... Larger society yep. where people are yep. wanting more mm-hmm. in life, mm-hmm. because um marketing and what we started or brand building activities are more visible. there's this whole belief that they are creating the desire. Right. I am not hundred percent sure that mm-hmm. it, that it is. I'm not at the same time saying it is not that we are creating desire. If we didn't exist in front of the consumer, Mm. it will perhaps take a little longer for the consumer to get to know. In some other form, in some other way. Yeah. One way is, yeah. So at that level to say that, look, if people did not know so many new mobile phones are available, Mm -hmm. maybe they wouldn't desire it. That's a fair comment Mm. to make. Mm. But to say that that's the only source from where the consumer is getting to know Mm. that so many different new mobile phones are available through the marketing activities, I'm not 100% sure. So there has to be a balance between that. Now, have we reached a stage where marketing has overreached itself? Maybe. I've been in this business so long that I don't think so.
1: I think in certain verticals that may be true. Uh, I also do believe uh, Madhukar that the best marketing is actually the delivery of value to consumer, Mm. right? Whether that value is tangible value or emotional value, you know, that, that's a, that's a discussion one can have. So in that sense, the best value that can be delivered is, is in that sense, the product. And if, like you said, overreach of marketing. Mm-hmm. If marketing ends up overreaching beyond what the product can deliver, then there's a pretty good chance that the yeah. consumer is going to call that out good, by acting. Correct. Right? And that's the best that's way fair. to. So, in that sense, I do believe that as long as marketing, and here in marketing, I'm including communication, mm-hmm. product, correct. the correct. entire gamut of things, as long as marketing is delivering value to consumers, then I think it's not wasteful. Hmm. But the moment it becomes wasteful, there's a pretty good chance that the consumer is going to call it out, if not in the short term. See, Atul,
0: when you said it's a philosophical question you're asking, and this is something just triggered when you said this. Mm -hmm. Should there be a limitation of the amount of marketing messages beamed out at consumers? Wow. Should there be? Is a question Hmm. that has come across my mind when you ask this question. Should there be a limitation? Today, there is no limit mm. to it. Let's be real about yeah, it. Absolutely. But supposing, hypothetically, we, do we need to move into a world yeah. where we say there should be only so many signages on a street? Yeah. There yeah. are only so many advertising messages that should be yeah. sent out. Yeah. Should there be a cap on it? It's an interesting question to ponder about. Yeah, I don't about, know yeah. the answer mm-hmm. for it because as a community... I believe the advertising and marketing community is very, very responsible. Mm -hmm. Have we overreached ourselves with the number of messages that we are throwing and create from fulfilling desires, are we beginning to create Create. inadequacies? Is a big, big question mark. Mm. As I said, the thought has come because of the question you asked me and never occurred to me. Because I would tend to think that when you see 10 brands of mobiles being advertised with flashy tough, is this hurting an impressionable mind to say, is the mobile in my hand inadequate? Mm. Is it creating that? Mm.
1: I mean, I'll throw in an even mm. more, um, mm. you know, uh, thing to it, which is that in younger minds, mm. you know, I mean, obviously, the in more susceptible mm. minds, mm. that tends to be even more of a, more of a question so, so is it a
0: question that we need to but you know that fact that there are marketers who say we will not explicitly market to people under right. 12 years of right. age but are we creating inadequacy feeling question to think about I don't know mm-hmm. at this particular moment as I said the mm-hmm. cro- thought has crossed my mind only when you asked this question
1: kind of wrap up at yeah. that uh, Madhukar I'll just ask you you know wrap up by anything. asking you some fun stuff yeah, uh, sure. almost like a rapid fire sure so um, in your opinion the best movie ever made
0: Very hard to say best movie, but I can tell you my opinion, the most influential movie in my life Mm -hmm. was Amedeus, the story of Mozart. Mm. And I saw it, I think in 85 or 86. Mm. And what has stuck with me is nothing is ever cast in stone. Keep evolving. I don't know. Have you seen the movie? If you see that movie when Mozart walks into the uh, Count's room and Mm -hmm. the Count is playing a tune, Mm -hmm. uh, Mozart walks in and then he says... I'd like to play. Can you? And he plays it. Right. But, and he reproduces the melody. But he adds a few more notes into mm-hmm. it. And the Count tells him, it's all fine, but it's got a few extra notes. He says, no, that's absolutely the right notes. It's stuck in my mind. Forget about the genius of uh, of yeah. Mozart. But certainly it tells me that there's nothing that is cast in stone. stone. Everything can be made better. So you've got to keep evolving. That's
1: brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your favorite three
0: songs? Favorite three songs? Yeah one the first song that caught my eye was a song from a hindi movie called anand mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. zindagi kaisi hai paheli mm-hmm. i don't know it just feels felt very nice hearing yeah, was it as a good soundtrack na. anand yeah, is, yeah. zindagi kaisi hai paheli the second when i was in college imagine mm-hmm. from john lennon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a story of brotherhood and love right and the third it's again a Hindi film song. I'm a big Bollywood freak, so I have to pick it. Up. It's a song from Kars. Mm-hmm. Darze Dil, Darze Jigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was another you know? great soundtrack. I don't know, dharze. just ha, but I like this song. Darze Dil, Darze Jigar. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, your favorite place to think big? Uh, favorite
0: place to think big.
1: Walking in the shower, uh, while driving, while being driven, whatever.
0: When my sleep breaks in the night. Oh. It's quite interesting. I don't know whether it's thinking big, but uh, you know, if I if my sleep breaks sometimes in the middle of the night, wow. the mind starts churning on thoughts that are in my mind, there uh, challenges that are there in my mind, mm. and quite interesting flashes come there. It might have been in your uh, might have been in subconscious. I don't, subconscious, don't know. It's quite interesting, but that's yeah, that's place yeah.
1: If you hadn't built your career in advertising and communication, what do you think you would have done?
0: Huh. Everybody would have told me what I would have been. And uh, maybe I would have been a professor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I might have been in a- academics. That's what people thought I would be.
1: You in. could still be. So I, mean. I don't know.
0: Yeah, might be. But
1: Okay. Um, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, you know, it would be great to have some recommendations from you. Something uh. you've read or watched uh, I or I listened to? Yeah, a yeah book, a book, book, book. Yeah, absolutely. A film, anything.
0: I'll tell you. Book, I'll definitely tell you. I think um, if you're a young person, at mm-hmm. 18 or 20, please read Fountainhead mm-hmm. okay. by Ayn Rand. Right. That's a mm-hmm. great book to read. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, if you're a little older and in the world of advertising and marketing, mm-hmm. please read a book called The Geography of Thought by Richard Nispet. Okay, the I geography of thought. Nice. These are two books that have, uh, uh, I won't say changed my life, but has guided my life. Fountain, of I was in uh, school, mm. just when I finished twelfth standard, my sister recommended it to me, right. and I read it, and I felt it's extremely important mm. to value yourself as an individual mm. and chart your own path as an individual yeah. and not depend on other people. Mm. So I think that's very very important as a principle. Learn. The second, if you are in advertising and marketing, right. the geography of thought, please remember while there are universal human needs, which everybody talks about, which is true. But there's a something called deeper culture that makes each one of us. And it's extremely important to understand that cultures are different. And so to think that anything that is done in the West mm-hmm. will work directly in the East or in India. Mm-hmm take it with caution right anything done pan in india which will work in every one of our 21 right. or 29 states take it with caution because culture is much deeper mm-hmm. and geography of thought actually opens your minds to it okay. so if Atul, if you haven't read it please read it. i haven't read geography yeah, of please look for the book it's lovely i think you will definitely enjoy yeah, it certainly okay enjoy. so i think um, uh, Consumer contacts and meeting consumers are important to understand people. It is important. That's great. uh, That's a good part, but let me add on to it. But please, a few other things that we should never forget. First is we are also consumers. Just because we get into advertising and marketing Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we become some strange animals that Mm -hmm. we have to look at consumers only from outside. Mm -hmm. Draw from personal experience also because we are all human beings. We have all had experiences and they can all help in crafting advertising and marketing stories. The other part is, it's a fun part of uh, this advertising and marketing business is um, study popular culture, study mythology. It will tell you a lot about human beings and people. Mm. Mythology will tell you something about culture, uh, deeper culture, and uh, popular culture, whether it is movies or books, Mm. will give you great insights into um, the society that you're living in. Sure. it's good fun also to do it. So that's something I would recommend to anybody.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. So I'm going to give two recommendations of my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one podcast uh, that I've been listening to lately. called mm-hmm. the It's called The Seen and the Unseen Podcast by a guy called Amit Verma. Okay. It's a very long form podcast, almost two, two and a half hour mm-hmm. long uh, episodes. Amit Verma. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about public policies, trends, history and other relevant mm-hmm. discussion points in our mm-hmm. world today. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend this podcast. Mm-hmm. Great, great content. The other is a book uh, that I just finished listening to on audiobook um, on Audible by Nir Eyal uh, which is called Indistractable. Uh, Nir Eyal is one of the foremost behavioral experts in the world mm-hmm. and you know he talks about how you can control your attention, your focus in a world full of distractions today with social Ooh, media lovely. and such. So it's a very interesting book um, for all of us today. Okay, super. Uh, It's been great fun, Madhukar. Thank you Mm. so much. Uh, It's been Mm. a great learning experience talking Mm. to you. Mm. Uh, Thank you very much for being with us. And uh, thank you very much for your time. And I hope to catch up with you soon again. Thank you, Atul. Thank you. Okay, and that's it for this episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or any other platform. See you next time with another exciting guest from the marketing world. Bye for now.